Open them up to John chapter 14, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14, and I want to look at two verses. I want to kick it off with two verses, and uh, verses 16 through 17. And I want you to notice, if you have the red letter edition Bible, the words are in red, and that means that Jesus is doing the speaking there. Okay, and it says this, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Today, I want to talk about one of the most important topics that you will ever hear as a Christian. I'm telling you, I mean, this side of you getting saved, all right? One of the most important topics you'll ever hear is this, learning how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Learning how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Learning how to flow. Learning how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit is so important to living a victorious life on this earth as a Christian. I'm telling you right now, it is the most important thing you will ever do as a disciple, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything that's meaningful, everything that has eternal significance in your life will stem from your relationship and your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. Now, many Christians, they downplay the ministry or even the reality of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever ran into a, a Christian like that? They just, they, they don't have a clue. It's like when Paul in Acts 19 ran into some certain believers, it said, Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we had no idea there was a Holy Spirit. Well, sad to say, there's a lot of Christians like that today. They just downplay or they just don't know. But the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. The third person of the Trinity, we call. There is the Father, God the Father. There's God the Son, which is, come on, Jesus, thank you. And then there's the Holy Spirit. See, it's one God in three persons. One God manifested in three persons. That's what the Bible tells us. And listen, if you are ignoring, if you're grieving the Holy Spirit in your life as a Christian, uh, you're in a world of hurt. How many of you figured that out yet? You're in a world of hurt. Because, listen to me, the Holy Spirit is the only part of the Godhead. Out of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he is the only part of the Godhead that is on the earth right now. Listen to me. God the Father and Jesus, they're up in heaven. And so the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so vital to our spiritual life that you will not be able to survive spiritually without him. He is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that puts you and I over the top in life, into victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
It's the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Don't downplay the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because without him, you're on your own. And if you haven't figured it out by now, you're going nowhere fast. Well, I take that back. You're going somewhere. You're just going back. And you're not going forward. Because like I always say, there, in the Christian walk, there's always motion happening. And you're either moving forward with God or you're going back. It's one or the other. And that's where we need to evaluate and check our hearts and find out what direction am I going in with the Lord. But listen, the Greek word that is translated helper in John fourteen sixteen, which I just read, is the Greek word parakletos. Say parakletos. All right. This means one called alongside to help. Say one called alongside to help. Trying to wake some of you up, up out there this morning, all right? But listen, this is a rich word in the Greek. And it means this. It, it goes even beyond that. It means this. Comforter. Strengthener. Counselor. How many of you need counsel this morning? Helper, advisor, ally, and friend. Parakletos, one called alongside to help. So I want to zoom in, though, on the word helper here. All right? I'm talking today about how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, in the word helper, in the word helper, a partnership is implied. Is it not? Say helper. A partnership is implied. See, you got to come to the point of realizing this with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, He is the helper, not the doer. Hmm. All right? See, the Word of God tells us as Christians to be what of the Word of God? Doers of the Word. But the Holy Ghost is the helper. And many Christians are ignorant or lacking knowledge on this subject, and instead of cooperating, cooperating with the Holy Spirit and allowing you to, be, to help you with being a doer, come on somebody, they're hindering him. But cooperating means to operate together, side by side, a partnership, not one going before the other, it's a partnership. Alright? And Jesus talked about another helper, or as the King James says, another comforter to come alongside to help. And listen, I got to pull this out. There's two words in the Greek that are translated another. There's two words in the Greek that are translated into the word another. The Greek language is so rich. Listen to this. The first word that's translated another in the Greek is the word alan. All right. And that means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. And the other Greek word translated another is the Greek word heteros. And that means another of a different kind. Are you following me so far? Now in John 14, 16, what I want to point out is that Jesus used the word alon. Another of the same kind. All right. Jesus was saying this. The same Holy Spirit that's guiding me on this earth 
will be sent to empower and help you like it helped me. Another of the same kind. Are you following me this morning? That's shouting material. I'm telling you. So, in, 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 in other words, Jesus was also saying, the same things that I am doing on earth through the Holy Spirit, you're going to do it also. Well, I need some scripture to back that up, Pastor James. Fine. John 14, 12. Turn there. John 14, 12. Now, John 14, 12, Jesus said something that will just rock your world as a Christian if you haven't seen it yet. All right? Jesus said this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That would have been good if he stopped right there, wouldn't it? Oh, man, that's rich, Jesus. Come on now. But no, he went on to say, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Well, but that's just talking about greater in number, right? Surely we couldn't do anything greater than Jesus. Well, I don't know. You look at the verse. You look at it. It says, and greater works, uh, these he, 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 that person will do. Are you hearing me? And the only way we as Christians could accomplish that, the only way we could accomplish that is through the Holy Spirit to anoint us and to empower us. Now, some of you are saying, okay, what, what, what did Jesus do? What are the works? You mean we're supposed to climb up on a cross and get crucified? No, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is the works that he did in his earthly ministry. All right? What did Jesus do? He went around, he pre- went around preaching and teaching the gospel, the good news. The word gospel means good news. You wouldn't know that by some of the looks on Christians' faces, all right, when they're trying. All right? But it does. It means good news. Jesus went around and he healed the sick and he cast out demons. He went around to set the captives free. And Jesus said, the the works that I have done, you're going to do them also, because I'm sending you the Holy Ghost. Another of the same kind, the same Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost, think about it, the same Holy Ghost that anointed the Lord Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago lives in you if you're a Christian right now. That's powerful. So, let me just give you some points. I want to just give you... Uh, A few points here on how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Number one, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must realize as Christians. See, I'm talking to Christians today. An unbeliever doesn't have any part of the Holy Ghost, right? He's dead spiritually. I'm talking to Christians. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must realize that our spirit and our body belong to God. Oh, turn to 1 Corinthians. Turn to 1 Corinthians. If you're going to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, people, I'm telling you right now, you have to understand, you don't own yourself. Uh Uh-uh, nope. Sorry to burst your bubble. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Listen to this. 
says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot or a prostitute? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot or a prostitute is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. What, been a while since you read this scripture or what? (laughs) Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are your own God's. The Bible says that as a Christian, our body is the temple or the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And we are not our own. It says we have been bought with a price. And what is that? What have we been bought with? The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So we are not our own. Why? Why is that? You have to understand about covenant. Say covenant. We are not our own because we have entered into a covenant with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the the fact of the matter is this. A covenant, a listen, a covenant, both parties have an obligation toward each other. It's it's you're no longer independent. It's not a one-way street, it's a two-way street. You enter into covenant, what you have belongs to that person, that person belongs to you now. It's like marriage. That's the greatest thing that I can compare to, because marriage is a covenant. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it is a covenant. And when you went through that marriage ceremony, you signed on the dotted line, guess what? Everything... That you own belong to him now. Everything he owned belongs to you now. Don't give me this prenup junk, huh? There's no prenups with God, by the way. Are you hearing me, somebody? So listen. So we as humans are a spirit being. We are first and foremost a spirit being. It's your spirit man that's going to live on forever. Did you know that? Whether it's heaven or hell, depending what you... Do with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's totally up to you. All right? But we as humans are a spirit being. We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotion. That's your soul. And we live in a physical body. We're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. All right? And our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit because our body contains our spirit man on the inside. Now, follow me, somebody, because I'm going a little deeper. Is it okay if I do a little scuba dive in here spiritually today? Huh? All right. Our body, let me say it again. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit because our body contains our spirit man. And if your body didn't contain your spirit man right now, guess what? You'd be dead. 
It's your spirit, man, that makes this physical body alive right now. Amen? So it contains our spirit, man. And when you and I got saved, the Holy Spirit came into our spirit, man. Did some uh, house cleaning, a little rearranging. And you and I became spiritually alive. Or what the Bible calls the born again experience. Amen? That's why your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because your body contains your spirit, man, where the Holy Ghost lives inside your spirit, man. Alright? That makes sense to you? Clear as mud? So when a Christian who is in covenant with God continues to live in willful sin, they are not living up to the end of their deal. Are you hearing me, somebody? Because remember... In a covenant, both parties involved have a responsibility. It's a two-way street. And because of that fact now, that backsliding Christian is, uh, is taking God's property. Now listen, this is deep. They're taking God's property, their body, their soul, and spirit, and are using them to promote Satan's kingdom on this earth. Now, friend, that is ultimate spiritual treason. Maybe you never looked at it like that. But, come on, when you look at it like that, it's like, whoo! Amen? So, turn to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. My point is, if we're going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we need to know that we're not our own. We've been bought with a price as Christians. Our body, everything we are, body, soul, and spirit belongs to God. All right? Hebrews 10, 26 through 31, I want to look at. It says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour our adversaries. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hold on. I got to check something here. Oh my. That is the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Deuteronomy. That's not Leviticus. Woo! Man, this is getting hot here. Verse 28. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God, Jesus Christ, underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, I understand that's not shouting material, but I'll tell you what, that's material that we really need to know as Christians. Are you hearing me, somebody? I mean, who wants to hear that? But I'll tell you what, we're accountable for it, and we need to watch our actions on this earth as Christians. Amen? And I wouldn't be doing my job, right, if I didn't bring that out to you as a pastor. Amen? I'm trying to lead you to Jesus, closer to Jesus. Amen? 
But this passage is talking about a Christian that falls away and makes a lifestyle. Say lifestyle. I'm not talking if you mess up, okay, you do something wrong. I'm not, it's not talking about that. It's talking about a Christian that makes a lifestyle of sin just as they did before they ever came to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. So in other words, there is no evidence anymore that they're a follower of Jesus Christ. You couldn't throw them in a crowd and pick them out as the Christian. They blend right into the world. You following me? See, the backslidden Christian in their actions, in their actions, come on, is counting the blood of Jesus as an unholy thing or just a common thing. It's a total disrespect for what Jesus has done for them and the price that Jesus paid for them to be delivered from Satan's kingdom, not to run back to Satan's kingdom. Amen? All right. I'll move on. Number two, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must realize that we as Christians are the ones who activate the power of God on this earth. But, but wait, 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 oh, oh, that sounds so blasphemous, Pastor James. No, it's not blasphemous, it's Bible. I mean, you can't help but read through the Bible very long and find out that God has a plan, and guess what? You and I are part of that plan. All right? And listen, if you don't understand this fact, you're going to, to be sitting back, waiting on God, while God is waiting on you to act. I'm telling you right now, and you will live a defeated Christian life on this earth. Plain and simple. Many Christians ignorantly say this. How many of you ever heard someone say this? God doesn't need me. How many of you ever heard that? That's a lie from the devil. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Pits of hell right there. Yes, he does. And you want to know why? He made it that way. He designed it that way. And I'm going to give you some examples here in a moment. But just plain and simple, no one would ever get saved. No one would ever get set free if we just sat back and kept our mouths shut. The Romans says, how can they hear unless there is a preacher? Lift your hand. If you're a Christian here, raise your hand. You two online. Say, I'm a preacher. You are. You're a preacher. If you're a Christian, you're a preacher. It's just not Pastor James up here, just because I'm on the payroll at the church and, and I'm full-time ministry. Yeah, yeah, I am, but guess what? You are too. And the fact of the matter is, you go places where I might not be able to go. You really are undercover agents for Jesus. You ever looked at it that way? Come on, you think I could just go... Uh, uh, Scott's workplace, wherever you work, do you think I could just walk in and say, hey, I want to come in here and I want to preach the word this morning? You know what? They would boot me out of there. They might even call the cops on me. But you, uh, yeah, yeah, today's culture, absolutely. But Scott goes in there, you go in there, you go in there, you go into your workplace, guess what? Mm. 
You're a carrier of the word of God. You're a carrier of the Holy Ghost. Guess what? You go to college, you go to college. Guess what you're bringing on into Ferris? Or I should say, guess what you have the potential to bring in? Are you? Are you taking advantage of the opportunity? Think about it. You are undercover agents for Jesus of getting in. But when you're there, you shouldn't be undercover. Huh? Hello, somebody. You've got to pull the covers off then. Show them your badge. Hey, you really got to get to know this Jesus. Amen? So, I mean, that, that's just a, a common sense one. No one would ever get saved. No one would ever get fr- set free. No one would hear the gospel if we just sat back and expect, expected God just to do everything. He won't. He won't. That, that will just populate hell. Now, that's some good preaching. Amen? Now... All right, so uh, go to 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians. Are you getting fired up this morning? We need to get fired up. We need to get radical for Jesus. Oh, oh, by the way, I just want to congratulate all the uh, Obama supporters, huh? All those backslidden Christians that voted for him, he just signed the legislation to uh, fund more abortions. Congratulations. That's the fruit of your vote. Amen? Amen. Come on. Hey, don't get me started on that one, all right? Woo! I'm about ready to come out of my shoes right now. My goodness. Down blood. Down blood. All right. Now, 2 Corinthians 4... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, 5 through 7. Listen to this. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our, shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we, say we, have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What's it talking about of earthen vessels? It's talking about in our physical bodies. Did you know that we are nothing but, our physical bodies are nothing but dirt? (laughs) Or, yeah, organized dirt. I love it. (laughs) organized dirt i love it but listen think about it we as christians have a piece of heaven living on the inside of us on earth we have the treasure of the holy spirit living inside of our earth earthen vessels praise god oh my goodness you know just meditate on that chew on that one it's powerful And that is the reason, because of the treasure on the inside of us, because of that treasure on the inside of us, that's how we can be effective in laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. Come on, somebody. That's how we can cast demons out of people and set them free. See, the power is of him, not on us. But I'll tell you right now, that power is not going to get released, released unless you follow the instructions in the book. Come on. Amen? 
Yeah, oh yeah, hey, I'm not, I'm not taking all the crap. Yeah, the power, it belongs to God, absolutely. But we got to release that power. Amen. Say release. release. See, we have a part to play in releasing the power of God. Like I said, God ordained it that way. If you have a problem with it, take it up with Him. Amen? But I recommend you just shut your mouth and get busy with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Quit arguing with Him. See, He desires a partnership with us on this earth. You want more scripture? Fine. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to look at verses 6 through 9. Having fun? I am. All right. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. It says this. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither uh, he who plants is anything, nor he who waters... But God who gives the increase. How many of you know the increase is the most important thing? Amen. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Say fellow. You are God's field. You are God's building. Why are you God's building? Because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Now listen to me. Christians, we as Christians, we plant and we water the seed of the word of God in the hearts of people. And the Bible says that God gives the increase, right? Listen to this. If we don't plant or water the seed, God has nothing to increase. I mean, just take it within the natural sense. Go ahead, go out to your garden. Don't plant anything. Just sit there like an idiot and pour water in a certain spot and wait for something to grow. Uh-huh. <laughs> the weeds. Okay, yeah. The weeds will grow. That's right. All right. Yeah, that's, that's another sermon right there. Weeds will grow. We don't want weeds in the Christian life. Amen? But if we don't plant, if we don't water the seed of God's word, what is that talking about? Planting the seed. Talking to people about Jesus. And then, and then someone else comes along. We planted the seed. Then guess what? Someone else comes along and they talk to them about Jesus even more. Guess what they're doing? They're watering that seed that we planted. And guess what? The Holy Ghost has something to work with now. And then guess what happens one day? Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I make you Lord of my life. That's the increase. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I'll tell you right now, if you're looking for work today, God's looking for some spiritual farmers. You want to be a farmer today with God? Huh? Because the harvest is ready, and we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit more than ever before. Look at Matthew 16, 19. Let me just give you some more ammunition here that this is a partnership thing. You're like, all right, Pastor James, you showed me that one. Show me another one. No problem. Matthew 16, 19. The words are in red. 
Who's doing the speaking? Jesus is. That's right. Now, Jesus is pretty trustworthy, I would say. Amen? Listen to this. He said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Ready for this deep truth? I want you to notice that nothing happens in heaven until something first happens on earth. Read it again. Read it again. Nothing happens in heaven. Nothing is released from heaven to earth until something first happens on earth. So, don't tell me that you are not important to the plan of God. You are so important, you are special, and God wants to use you. Look at Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. I'm force feeding you the word today. Amen. Some of you haven't read the word all week. So I say, hey, you know what? Here's the IV. We're going to give it to you. Amen. We're going to feed you the word. All right. Here we go. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said these words. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Hmm. See, when our words, I'm talking about we are the ones that release the power of God on this earth. When our words are backed with faith, it releases the power of God. All right? That goes with prayer, casting out demons. When I pray for someone who's sick, I speak directly to that infirmity. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Go, get out of there. In fact, someone just told me today, last week we prayed for someone who had a lump in their breast. And they, they said, Pastor James, I got to tell you, that lump is totally gone. Totally gone. And we spoke, we cursed that, whatever it was, that growth right at the root. You, we got to speak to these things. There's power in your spoken words, you know. In fact, this is a spiritual law. It can go both ways. Say both ways. It can go for the positive or it can go for the negative. Some of the fruit, some of the bad fruit that you're eating in your life right now is because you spoke it out of your mouth. And guess what? You believed it. And that brought it into, into your life. Amen? You, what? You don't believe it? You know what? Try my way. Try the word of God's way. Amen? We'll see things turn around. Amen? All right. Now, number three. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and I touch on this a little bit, but I'm going a little deeper. Uh, we must give the Holy Spirit something to work with. If we're going to cooperate with him, we've got to give him something to work with. Go to John 14, 26. John 14, 20. I'm believing that this week, or if you're, gonna, if you're listen, listening to this on the radio right now, month down the road, if you're watching me online, a year down the road, I'm believing that this message is igniting something in you and you're going to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? This week. I'm believing for that right now. 
You're going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit like never before. You're going to know the promptings of the Holy Spirit like never before. How many of you want that? Receive it. Receive it. John 14, 26. And by the way, he wants to help you in every area of your life. Business, spiritual, marriage, relationships, every area. John 14, 26. Jesus said these words. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance. Underline that. Bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Say remembrance. This is so important, people. Now, to remember something means to recall something that you once seen or once heard. Is that not right? I mean, am I totally off on this? Am I... To remember something means that it's recalling something. Because you cannot recall something you never knew existed. Are you following me? An example is a computer. It will only recall or remember what's in its hard drive. So... Jesus said the the function of the Holy Spirit is to bring to your remembrance what he has said. And last time I checked, Jesus is the word, according to John chapter 1, right? The Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance the word of God, all right? So we must get into the word of God. So that the Holy Spirit has something to work with or something to bring to your remembrance that you heard. I'm telling you right now, there's going to come a day when you're going to be in a situation. I'm sure you had already, but some of you are new to this. There's going to come a day you're going to be in a situation and also you're going to be like, what do I do in this, Lord? And all of a sudden, just a Bible verse will just come to your remembrance that you read. Or maybe something that Pastor James said from the pulpit about a scripture. That's the Holy Spirit bringing it to your remembrance. Because that's what Jesus said the function of the Holy Spirit's there to do. So, if you never get into the Word of God, you never go to church, you never go to hear the Word preached, the Holy Ghost doesn't have anything to work with. Amen? So, I mean, it is so important that we get into the Word of God So in those times that we need it, the Holy Ghost in our hard drive up here can pull the file cabinet out, pull out a file, and say, this is the answer to your problem. Oh, isn't that a good visual? Hallelujah. See, you got to remember this. You cannot separate the Holy Ghost from the Word of God. You just can't do it. Guess what? If you're trying to pick up, uh, get communication and get close to the Holy Spirit without the Word of God, guess what you're going to pick up? An unholy spirit. Because you can't separate the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. See, if you want a closer walk with the Holy Spirit, then you must put priority, priority on the Word of God in your life. All right? Now, number four. 
I'm getting close to finishing. Hang in there with me. Number four, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must make the proper changes in our life that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. How many in here have sensed the Holy Spirit showing you things in your life that he's trying to get you to get, trying to say, uh, you need to cut this thing off. The rest of you are liars, okay? Uh, (laughs) Philippians 3, I'll pray for you at the end of service and get you saved. Um, Philippians 3, 13 through 15 says this, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or taken hold of the fullness, but one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It kind of sounds like Sharon's word that she gave at the microphone. Amen today? Sounds like the Holy Ghost to me. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, say therefore. <coughs> Let us, as many as are mature. Oh, oh, underline that. Oh, man, man, man. Don't, don't let that mature word pass us by here. Huh? Amen. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind or mindset. And if anything, uh, if anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. See, the Holy Spirit is looking out for you. He's looking out for me. He wants to keep us on the course of the narrow road which leads to life. He wants to keep us on on course that leads to blessing. Now notice in there, I I didn't even have this in my notes, it just jumped out to me, that word mature, all right? As many as are mature. Well, then what is a mature Christian? It's someone who is able to overcome the past failures and move forward with God. And press forward and take hold of everything that Jesus Christ has for their life. Amen? But the Holy Spirit is always there trying to help us cut off things that are hindering our walk with the Lord. He's always trying to take us from glory to glory, as the Bible says. Uh, I preached a message on from glory to glory, talking about the process, the pruning process. How many of you are in the pruning process? Okay, good. Yeah, we all are. That was a trick question. We're all in the pruning process, amen? And you have to understand that because if you don't understand that the Holy Spirit, when he reveals something to you, is the pruning process, <clears throat> guess what? You're going to live a life of condemnation and false guilt all the time are you hearing me you're gonna feel like you're not saved (laughs) how many of you know what i'm talking about yeah well i mean because there's so much so many things you know and it can get overwhelming we got so much junk in our life that we do need to cut off but you know the holy spirit is patient with us and and take one thing at a time amen So don't fall into condemnation. Don't fall into guilt. Just know that the Holy Ghost has your back. And he's just trying to make you better. Say better. Amen. All right. So when the Holy Spirit convicts you of an action or a sin in your life, make the decision to stop going in that direction. And I'll tell you right now, you'll be glad that you did. 
Amen? Number five. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must keep our spirit man built up by prayer. And I'm even going to take this over into uh, talking specifically about praying in tongues. And I can't, I mean, it is so crucial. What's praying in tongues? What's praying in the Spirit? After receiving the Holy Spirit baptism, you get born again, all right? The Holy Spirit comes inside your spirit, man. You're born again. He lives on the inside. Then there's a second experience that the Bible calls the Holy Spirit baptism. And that's literally where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He empowers you, Acts 1.8, to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, why didn't God just give it to us all at once? Talk to him about it. All I know is what the word says. Amen? All I know, it's a Bible experience. Amen? Don't read me out for it. But after receiving the Holy Spirit baptism... Every person receives what we call the prayer language or the ability to pray in tongues or also called praying in the spirit. Go to Jude 20, (coughs) Jude 20, and I want to show you something here. All right, Jude verse 20, there's only one verse or one chapter in Jude. And I want to look at verse 20 here. It says, but you beloved. Now, let me ask you something. Who's the beloved? Huh? Yeah, Christians. All right? Christians. That's the beloved God's talking about there. But you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. (coughs) All right. Now. When we pray, we are building up or charging our spirit man and we're putting the flesh or the sinful desires under. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's uh, like charging a battery. How many of you need a little charging now and then? We all do as Christians. And one very good way of charging your battery, your spirit, man, is praying in tongues. It's a powerful experience because we are connecting with heaven. We are connecting with heaven. And we're allowing our fleshly, our sinful desires, uh, we're, we're putting them down. And we're, we're uh, the best way I can say it, we're just connecting. We're putting the jumper cables of heaven on our spirit man. All right? But listen to this. I'll talk more about the tongues thing in a moment. But uh, allowing fleshly or sinful desires in your life to rule you will hinder you from receiving illumination and revelation from the Holy Spirit. How many of you have found out you had a point in your life, in your Christian walk, where you were so close to the Lord, and it seemed like the Lord would just show you things all the time, just more revelation, more understanding about Scripture. <clears throat> then, there come a time when you, you, you started to backslide, you, fall away, you fell away from the Lord, and, and you just, you're just not as close to the Lord as before, you're giving in to sin in your life. And all, it's, it's like he just turned a valve off and shut off any kind of illumination or revelation. 
And that's, see, now that's the danger. That's the danger of falling into sin and backsliding. I had to point that out. I know it's a rabbit trail. But go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. 14. Come on, voice, don't fail me now. <laughs> All right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. All right, 1 Corinthians 2.14. And it says this. Once I find it. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually dis- discerned. <coughs> it's talking about your natural man. If you're going to try to figure out tongues, if you're going to try to figure out spiritual things just in your natural mind, forget it. You're going to look at it and you're going to think, man, this stuff is quacky. This is just weird. All right, that's why it says, that. <laughs> that's why it says the, the natural man, your natural man, he just, just don't even go there. Don't, don't even try to think about it because spiritual things need to be thought about from the Spirit. Are you hearing me? But when a Christian is praying in tongues, they are, we are praying for things that are unknown to our natural mind. It says our spirit prays, but our natural mind is unfruitful. You don't know what you're saying. And that's why it says praying in the Holy Ghost, you're building up your most holy faith. It, I'm telling you, it takes holy faith to just sit there and let Babel come out. And, and your natural mind's going, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? That's what the natural mind says. But it builds up your most holy faith when you're praying in the Spirit. So when you are praying in tongues, there are, uh, there are some very important things that are taking place during that time. You are yielding, as a Christian, when you're praying in in tongues, you're yielding your tongue to be used by the Holy Spirit, and you're putting the flesh under. You're building up your most holy faith. You're stepping out. You're saying, God, I have no clue what I'm saying right now, but I'm stepping out in faith, believing what your word says, and I'm just going to speak. And I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is allowing me to pray the perfect will of God through me. Are you following me, somebody? <coughs> and so, uh, you're, you're yielding your tongue to be used by the Holy Spirit. Now, remember when I told you in times past, or, or times past, how about every sermon, that uh, for God to move, for Him to do something, He always operates through people. He, he asked, a Christian must ask. That's why prayer is so important. That's why prayer is so important because God uses people. Say God uses me. Say it. He uses me. And prayer is so important. An example is Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Look it up for yourself. Jesus, he said to pray that laborers would be sent into the harvest. He's talking, pray that people would be sent into the unsaved's path to tell them about Jesus, to, to, to speak the word of God to them. You know, he said pray. Now, if prayer didn't mean anything, if God could just do it on his own, why would Jesus tell us to pray to do that? 
Why would Jesus waste his time and tell us to pray that laborers would be sent? Jesus is inferring here, if we don't pray for it, guess what? It ain't happening. I know that's bad English, but I never liked English in high school anyways. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) So, he is implying it won't happen unless his followers ask or pray that that will happen. Now, how do I tie this into tongues now? When we are praying in tongues, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray the perfect will of God, and He prays whatever He chooses through our mouth. There are tons of testimonies where people have been praying in the Spirit, and God will reveal to them that they're praying for someone on the other side of the world. Some situation, something happening. Because when we pray, we're releasing the authority of God on this earth. Are you hearing me, somebody? We need to pray in tongues more. Last time I checked, this is a charismatic church. Amen? Word of faith, charismatic church. We believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We believe God's still working through us. We believe that miracles still happen today, and they didn't stop when the last apostle dropped dead. That's stupid or what? That is so stupid, so foolish, so deceiving to think. Amen? (laughs) Now, so we're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us the perfect will of God. And my point is this about tongues. Some things will not happen in your life if you're not praying in tongues. Because the Bible says we don't know what to pray for in our natural mind. And there are some things that need to come to pass in your life that God wants to come to pass, but we don't know to pray for it in the natural, with our natural language. And a lot of times those things come out when we're praying in tongues. And those things won't come to pass unless we are praying in the Spirit. Amen? There. Now it's on your conscience if you don't do it. All right? So praying in tongues is one of the most important things that we can do as a, as a Christian to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. All right? And my last point, say, he's almost done. Hey, quit smiling. All right, last point. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we must create an atmosphere that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit and promotes fellowship with him. Say, create. You know, you create your own atmosphere. You want to be all humdrum all the time? You want to speak those negative confessions all the time? You want to be a grump all the time? Guess what? That's the atmosphere you're creating. Amen? But I'm not going to do it. Go to Acts 13. Acts 13. We can create an atmosphere. (coughs) And... We can create an atmosphere that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Or you could say it this way. We can create an atmosphere that, come on, attracts the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person, you know. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm not talking about, when I say person, that's not the definition. Your flesh. That's not the definition of a person. A person is is one who has a mind, will, and emotions. And guess what? The Holy Ghost has all. He's a person. 
So just like your stinking attitude can push people away, your stinking attitude can keep the Holy Ghost away from you. Are you hearing me? Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. It says this. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. I want you to notice that these disciples here, they ministered to the Lord, they fasted, and they were praying. And when they did that, they, were, they had an atmosphere of praise and worship. They were in prayer. They fasted. And guess what happened when that, they did that? That attracted the Holy Ghost. And it, the next thing it says, the Holy Ghost said. That atmosphere created an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to speak to them. Haven't heard from the Holy Ghost lately? Maybe he doesn't want to hang around your atmosphere you're creating. It's getting mighty quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. <clears throat> Listen. Living a life of prayer, times of fasting, and praise and worship will create an atmosphere where you are sensitive to the voice and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It will attract him. And whenever you're keeping Jesus Christ at the center of your life, brother, sister, you have just created an atmosphere that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Last scripture, Acts 8, 26 through 29. I hate coughing when I'm preaching. I just hate it. All right. <coughs> There it is. Acts 8, 26 through 29. Last scripture. Say last scripture. And quit smiling. All right? Uh, it says this. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Not desert, desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, <laughs> who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. prophet. Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, said to Philip, Go near and overtake his chariot. The point I want to bring out the, is this. As Christians, we must, we must be available to do the work of the ministry. And being available will create an atmosphere that attracts the Holy Spirit. Say availability. availability. And flexibility. You've got to be willing to flex, be flexible. <laughs> if you want to flow with the Holy Spirit, you've got to be flexible. You've got to be available, and you've got to be flexible. All right? And like I said, that will definitely create an atmosphere that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. 
but not only availability, not only flexibility, but come on somebody, obedience. Obedience. You need to be obedient when the orders arrive to you. You got to be obedient, willing and obedient when the orders arise, even if it's not convenient for you at the time. Come on, Philip was somewhere else and he got a tap on the shoulder. Holy Ghost says, hey, go down here. Go. You know, don't think that it's the devil when it's something that's going to take you out of your comfort zone. A lot of people think, oh, this can't be God. I, I feel uncomfortable. I'm out of my comfort zone. Oh, this is just, just not convenient for me. Hello, welcome to the Holy Ghost world. Amen? Because it goes beyond you. It goes beyond me. We're talking about people who are lost. Amen? And we need to be flexible. We need to be available. We need to be flexible. And we need to be obedient when they come. Now, as I close, let me just give you a few nuggets here (coughs) that I found interesting that I found. Listen to this. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I'll be right with you. (laughs) Popping like popcorn. I love it. Let me say that again. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience. Because let me tell you this. When the Holy Ghost taps you on the shoulder, there's a reason he chose that time frame for you to go. Someone's ripe for the picking. Are you hearing me, somebody? So, delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is really only disobedience made to look acceptable. Oh, man. Listen, partial obedience is really only disobedience made to look acceptable. Well, okay, Holy Ghost, I hear you. I'll do it. Not right now, but I'll do it for you. Okay? One minister said it this way. He said this, Our Lord told his disciples that love and obedience were organically united. The final test of love is obedience. Think about that. In a nutshell, we as Christians are responsible to obey the will of God, but we are totally, this is the thing of it, we're responsible to obey the will of God, but we are totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit for the enabling power to do it. Amen? The enabling power to get the job done for Jesus. And that is why we need to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And learn how to cooperate with Him until we take our last breath on this earth. Come on. And when we take our last breath on this earth. And arrive in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will hear Him say, well done. Good and faithful servant. If you agree with that, stand up with me. I'll let you give the testimony after the altar call, okay? Hang around. Cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some in here 
who has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. You're playing Russian roulette with your eternal life. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Because if you take your last breath right now, it's done, it's over. There's no waiting room. There's not one priest that can pray you out of hell. There's no waiting room between heaven or hell. It's not even scriptural. But today you have a chance. If you're here in this place, you're hearing my voice online or in this place. It's not too late. You still have breath in your lungs. And you can still choose Jesus Christ and make him Lord of your life. And I want to encourage you to do that today. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you just to come forward right over here by the drum set. And I just want to privately just pray with you personally so you can have a new birthday, the born again experience. And you can know that you know if you drop dead today, you'll go into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have nothing to fear for eternity. Amen? Maybe there's someone, oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. Maybe there's someone, you're backslidden. You said, you know what, I said that sinner's prayer. I, I made Jesus Lord in my life in the past, but my life has been a wreck. And frankly, Pastor James, I don't know if I died right now, if I would go to be with Jesus. I just don't know. I don't have that assurance. I don't have that confidence. If you don't have that assurance, if you don't have that confidence, because I'll tell you right now, the once saved, always saved message is from the pits of hell. The Bible does not talk about that. In fact, what it does say is that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. If it can be blotted out, it must have been in at one point. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's like what I read about in Hebrews 10. And if you don't have that confidence that you would go to heaven if you died right now, I want you to come forward. And I just want to pray with you over here. <coughs> now, maybe someone in here, you made Jesus Lord of your life. You love him with your whole heart. But this is the first time that you heard about the Holy Spirit baptism about praying in tongues. This is the first time that you heard there's more to the Christian life than just getting your butt kicked by Satan and evil spirits, that you have authority over them. If today you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism or learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism, just come right up here with these individuals. Let's come right up here. I wanna pray with you today. Maybe there's someone in here, you're sick, you have an infirmity emotionally or physically you need prayer today maybe you just need prayer for a loved one any situation in your life I want you to just come forward if you feel so prompted to come up and have me pray with you all I know is God's doing some great things amen the rest of you worship the Lord as the music plays
Everyone, lift your hands to the Lord as this song plays. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are all that we need, oh God. Hallelujah. Will you carry me away? Oh, man, I feel the presence of the Lord got some prayer requests. Just worship the Lord as I pray with the people online here. Dale has some hearing problems, and Dale is a good brother who's from Australia. He's on our chat room all the time. He is an awesome brother. So stretch your hands toward him right now as you're worshiping the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I command that deafness to come out of Dale's ears in Jesus' name. I command that eardrum to be made whole, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in my name, but in the name of Jesus be healed. Lord, do it. Let your anointing flow upon him. Oh, let the oil of heaven, the ointment of heaven flow through Dale's ears. And I say ears be open and you function the way God intended them to function. Dale, God gave you those ears to hear. Anything less is from the enemy. So Satan, you loose every part of his physical body in Jesus' name right now. And be healed, Dale. Now, we pray for Stacy. Specifically for uh, her family members who are unsaved. In the name of Jesus, Stacy, we come into agreement with you. Lord, send laborers. Just as Jesus commanded us. Lord, we pray that you would send laborers into the family members' paths. In Jesus' mighty name. That their hearts would be open. Their hearts would be softened. And they would see the glorious light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now. Right now. Send those laborers to plant. Send those laborers to water the seed. And God, give the increase. Lord, strengthen Stacy and give her the strength. Give her the strength. Give her wisdom. Give her the words to speak to her family members. Anoint her afresh, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, we pray for now Mary Ann. She has an autoimmune disease. So in the name of Jesus, Mary Ann, I speak to that disease. And I command it. Go in Jesus' name. I command you to come out of Mary Ann's body. Spirit of infirmity, you go. And I loose the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ through your body right now. And I command that immune system to be strengthened. I command that immune system to stop fighting against itself. And I command that immune system and every part of Marianne's body to function the way God intended it to function. In Jesus' mighty name, we call it done. Hallelujah. All right. Someone wants to be anonymous. That's fine. Amen. God knows who they are. Uh, pray for my eyes. They cannot be in the sun. Uh, also, she wants us to pray for her mother that the fire and, and her family, that the fire of God would be loosed on them. Oh, hallelujah. Revival. Let's talk about revival. So in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, I pray for this person's eyes. I command every part of their eyes to be healed. God, you created the eyes to see. God, you created the sun. Hallelujah. And right now I command those eyes to function properly. And every infirmity in those eyes, go in Jesus' name. You're not wanted. We kick you out in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, 
we pray uh, for Catherine and the whole family. That revival would begin in the family. Send those laborers, Lord. Just like in Stacy's family. Send those laborers into their path to plant water and give the increase, God. I pray that they would be radical for Jesus Christ like never before. Hallelujah. Also, we pray for Quincy. We pray for a, a girl named Quincy. She was in a diving. Uh, diving or driving? This is driving, but I thought I heard... Huh? It is driving? Alright. I thought I heard before it was diving. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's amazing what one letter can do. Amen? Alright. So, Quincy, she had a driving accident. And she's back in Denver, Colorado, recovering. So, right now, Quincy, in the name of Jesus... I command every bone to be put in proper position, every part of your body that's been affected by that accident. I command your body to be healed and in better shape be than it was before the accident. Lord, wherever Quincy is at right now in Denver, just let a portal of your presence and glory fall on her now and Lord, bring wholeness to her. And Lord God, reveal how much you love her. Fill that home, that place, wherever she's at with your glory and presence. In Jesus' name. Now, Naomi. Naomi has anorexia. Anorexia, uh, eating disorder. I command that devil of anorexia to come out of you in Jesus' name right now. Come out of her now. In the name of Jesus. And all of the other demonic spirits that are associated with anorexia. You go in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that Naomi would see herself the way that you see her, God. That she is special. Lord, right now, let your presence fall on her. Hallelujah. Set her free. I command every part of her body that's been affected by this anorexia to function properly. And I command that food to stay down. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Uh, and pray that Sam gets a youth worker's job so he can serve the Lord. Well, God, if Sam is supposed to get that youth worker's job, if that's your perfect will for him, God, I pray that you would open the door that no man can shut and you would shut the doors that no man can open. Open that door, Lord, if that's for him. If it's not for him, open that other door and show him and give him peace in Jesus mighty name amen how I many you know we want the perfect will of God amen praise the Lord it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.